it's so easy to feel bashed around by this crazy world. We don't take enough time out. We don't breathe in stillness enough. And we don't realise just how much power we have. And that power is power to create change in ourselves and create change in the world, to make it a better place, to make us a better person. But how? How do we recognise when that's not happening? And what steps can we take to take back our power? Well, listen up. Welcome to Self-Belief Unsquashed. I'm your host, Tricia Lewis, and I wouldn't be hosting this if I hadn't been on my own unsquashing journey. What am I talking about? Well, subscribe and you'll learn more. It's all about increasing your joy, impact and growth, whether you're an individual student, job changer or, you know, in later life like me. Just getting more out of life by being unsquashed. A little bit of psychology, real story, real action tips. Well, you're in the right place. My guest is Jerry McHugh, founder and director at Global Health Film. Please go and look at their website and connect with Jerry. She has her own life experiences plus the experience of working in a very challenging sector that will include a lot of squashing and unsquashing. And her wisdom is just a delight. So enjoy this conversation. So welcome, Jerry. It's going to be a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I mean, we found each other randomly and that's how I love life and um, community. And we will get on to community during the course of this conversation. I have absolutely no doubt because it's fairly uh, core to well, A, how we met, but B, what you do. So... Um, Jerry, founder and director at Global Health Film is a nice title, but it doesn't necessarily tell everybody kind of what that is. So just in a nutshell, what the heck do you do? Uh, thank you, Trisha, and thank you once again for having me on your podcast. It's an absolute um, pleasure and an honour. So Global Health Film is a micro not-for-profit uh, we've been around in one form or another for about 10 years and our remit is um, storytelling or promoting the the power and the potential of storytelling to to make the world a better place so we're micro micro um in in our structure but with a big remit um and even bigger ambitions we have quite a sort of global remit in terms of the, the work that we do but um we operate um on a shoestring i would say I, yes, well, yes. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's uh, I do love that that whole sentence. Promote the power of storytelling to make the world a better place. I mean, um, yes, it sounds kind of easy to trip off the tongue, but it's it's that's that is a powerful thing to do. Storytelling, yes. Oh. I know I'm going to have a problem with this conversation because there's so much richness um, in your experiences and what we can delve into. So so let's get started because you're a real person and real people are listening to this podcast with your unsquashing story, Jerry. Yes, of course. So um, 
as I've just said, I run a you know a small um, not-for-profit charity um, that's got big ambitions, and the sector that I work in is um, is challenging, uh, particularly in terms of generating profit or or surplus, as we call it in the in the not-for-profit world. And I regularly find myself frustrated by our uh, our slow growth and our limited impact on the world I want to take over the world uh, I want to serve the world and um, and we're sort of inching towards that uh, at a glacial pace and it, it makes me very frustrated and there have been occasions in my life where the line between let's say humility and self-depreciation has become blurred and I have found myself in a you know in a spiral of despair and self-condemnation lots of imposter syndrome lots of oh so and so could do this so much better than me I'm useless I'm rubbish that kind of you know very circular harsh thinking and this kind of thinking is of course very damaging and a high level of toxic stress like this is not really what one needs or certainly what I need if I'm going to address any of the practical or strategic issues that I might be be grappling with because of course that um, completely stifles creative thinking and that's that's me at my most squashed I think um, and the way I handle this now and it's taken me a couple of years I would say to really spot the signs of a bout of self-flagellation on the horizon is that I simply stop I just halt all activity switch everything off all the digital noise and I step away to literally get some perspective perspective even if it's only for an hour though ideally I will do this for half a day you know screaming deadlines permitting and I focus then first and foremost on on my self-care and the thing that works best for me every time is journaling. Um, it's a fairly mainstream activity these days, I think, but good old fashioned pen on paper. Um, journaling really works for me because it's a safe space to really articulate those thoughts and those fears and those difficult emotions. And I do find invariably after even... 10 15 minutes of just you know free writing just getting all of that quite difficult stuff out on paper I find invariably that a lightness comes through um it's not always immediately um and it's sometimes a very small dim light but it's a start nonetheless it's a shift nonetheless and that shift gives me the, the strength and the courage to then start thinking things through in a slightly more practical or strategic way to start thinking about the next steps, the options, the opportunities that have sort of free wheeled onto my horizon as I've been letting, letting the pen flow across the paper. Um, and yes, it's at that point that I can actually start to have a, a more measured and kinder conversation with myself and a more practical and strategic conversation with the people around me in order to get a plan in place, even if it's just a micro plan for for the here and now. That's oh. that's what I do. Well, Jerry, that was I mean, <laughs> listeners, you might want to replay that. That was I, that was so beautifully put and so incredibly no doubt resonating with people um and that 
and your very practical tip uh, well it works for you and i am i'm always talking about stop stop um stop breathe i mean it might just be that you need to do like an instant reframe on a piece of thinking that you're doing and they are so useful um or or more you know the the space thing as in I'm very lucky I live by the sea so I've always got that kind of being able to walk around the block and it has a fairly magical effect um but also just something I'm been utterly useless at most of my life that I've only just managed to get to grips with is literally just sitting still yeah we're not used to it we're not used to it anymore and I think that's that's a reflection of the the world that we live in um and it's one of the downsides of the technology you know you know sitting and getting absorbed in a book is something that lots of people certainly if it's if it's fiction reserved for some holidays it's not a it's not the daily practice that it once used to be and just I think sitting quietly is an art that we have lost and I think as 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 human beings we are poorer for it actually and I don't think we teach our children to to sit um and just quietly absorb the world either no I know I know that that sort of oh, I'm bored um it's it's a delight to be sort of bored um but <laughs> that takes some living and wisdom maybe to get to that point but yeah it's I, I I love all that and it actually segues beautifully into the the topic I want to dig into with you Joe, which is this um sort of taking having a sense of agency you have mm-hmm. literally just described having a sense of agency because you recognize as you put it when these moments of self-flagellation I love the way you put that uh are coming a point and we do the more we get good at this self-awareness thing the more we can actually spot it I used to talk about slipping into a um a sort of self-doubt spiral and my husband um recognized this was a year or so ago now a couple of years I've been on a lifelong journey where he noticed I was so much better at gripping onto the edge and pulling myself back out really quickly rather than going all the way down and staying there for possibly a day or a week or longer so it's that it's that self-awareness thing the more you practice it the more you can do it so you spot the thing and then you can have a sense of agency over it because it is your brain and you are basically in charge of it um although we sometimes forget that so um so yeah let's let's think about that so if you're working with people who are who must be constantly desperately wanting to make things happen and get their creative projects out there uh, you know and see the world changing and they're they're highly emotionally involved probably in the stuff that they're um, doing their projects on and so are you and then there's the but nothing's happening sort of blurry fog so yeah how do people get through that well I think um well where, where we can help at global health film is to is to really help them push things forward I mean films are certainly in the documentary world uh, we're often talking about passion projects, self-funded passion projects or projects that are funded with bits of money here and there, um, often at a you know high personal cost, 
um, and that take much longer than people expect them to. And so often when films get to us, we, we don't make films, we're an exhibitor of films. Our role is to showcase this brilliant, brilliant work and to get it out there, to get it in front of as many people as possible, to start conversations and to and to generate and encourage an appetite for for action and for um and indeed for agency for taking back our power um and i suppose even as a very small organization we we can assist our filmmakers just by giving that injection of enthusiasm and resource into the next sort of stage of their film and help them find avenues for getting their story out there um and because the film generally, always actually, is going to be the beginning of the story, not the end of the story. So the film is, of course, a story in itself and usually sort of masterfully told and in a way that's, you know, going to take people on a individual and collective journey. It's going to teach them something about the world. It's going to create a space for, for, for reflection. Um, but people need... People need a space really to then ask those questions about what can I do about this? What 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 do we do now that you've told us about this um, this situation that I didn't know anything about? And what we can do is is help make those conversations happen. I think that's where I think that's where my role is critical is is creating that space for those conversations about what do we do now that we know this? What yeah. do we do now? Um, together or individually to make our to make our mark on the world in a way that feels very meaningful. The space that we that we occupy in global health is is one that is you know qu quite difficult. Um, we're talking about general sort of social injustice and inequity. We're talking about problems that are often very polarizing or that are very complex and um, have been hidden very very hidden from from plain sight. And so if if you just throw a film into the mix, that's actually not doing anybody much good at all, because usually those films are they're going to sort of generate more questions than answers. And so we would be completely um, uh, failing in our in 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 our work if we just showed a film and then said off you go and we'll bring the next bit of horror along next week for you. You know, really our work starts when those curtains close, whether whether in the cinema or digitally, and we can get down to the to the real um, the real work of bringing together, bringing the, the, the storytellers and the audience and the global thought leaders together to bring context, hope and action to those stories by giving more depth to the stories giving some background and critically you know exploring with the filmmakers and protagonists and indeed the sort of industry experts whether that's in you know gender violence or or, or climate migration or whatever you know what can we do if we choose to do so what can we all do to feel less disempowered by this story to feel empowered by it to feel enthused by it and to you know we, we, we live in a society that is increasingly increasingly politically disenfranchised and you know film is a great way actually to sort of reset that conversation and to 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 give people a different way of under seeing the world and understanding the world and that's where we that's where we take our power back by becoming part of the story you know I yeah again listeners you might need to listen to this more than once because there's so many gems in what Joey's talking about and it is fascinating the work that you do but I was just thinking 
Um, there's two things. Okay, let me capture them quickly. One was the word do that keeps coming up because this is a very little tiny word with yeah. a huge impact. So let me share a quote with you that I found just recently. And I've never, this is the power of curiosity listeners. And I'm sure Jerry's got bags of it as well. And I'm always saying, really, come on, you know, feed that curiosity. Um, so I just came across random, random, random. And I end up with a quote by somebody called J.M. Storm, who is actually called Jonathan Muncy Storm. And he's written a poetry book called In My Head. Um, he only started writing his poetry at 44. So his his story is very interesting as well. Um, but he, I think he's got an Instagram thing, which is an, one of the nice Instagram things that you can right. follow. So I always love those when you find them. Okay, this is his quote. It's not enough to dream, you must act. Without action, a door is just a wall. So visual. That's a bit of storytelling right there, Absolutely. isn't it? You know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think what's what's really neat about that quote is it sort of, you know, very gently reminds us of our of our responsibility as uh, as part of a shared humanity to make a positive contribution to the world and to, um, yeah, to, to take our place in the world by 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 doing and I, what I also like about that, what, well, I love, I love the the door image because you know doors are there to be opened, aren't they? So, yes, they are absolutely, and that of course brings us neatly into the other thing. Um, just before I do that, I just wanted to share. Um, it's this idea of taking something one step further, and we and this this can apply in so many people's lives. It, it, you don't have to be making films on world issues. It can be you posting something on LinkedIn. It can be you um, deciding on a career change. It can be all sorts of things. It's this idea of taking a sense of agency and making something happen, and not getting knocked down at the first. Um, thing and then thinking what why 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 isn't anyone taking any notice of this take a sense of agency and think hang on there could be something else I need to do here and am I interacting with other people and do I need to change the circle of people I'm with etc etc and is there something I can take from this and build it into something else that people will resonate with etc right I've been watching shamelessly because I think it's actually quite classy TV. Um, Davina McCall's program called Your, I think it's Your Mum, My Dad, or the other way around. It's a relationship thing, and I'm pretty hooked on those because it's human behavior, but it's so much classier than Love Island. Sorry to <laughs> Love Island. Love Island's fine. As if that's your bag, that's fine too. But <laughs> this is middle aged people or people more sort of actually more kind of 50 plus. Um, and they are all looking for love and they're kind of put in this home to house, lovely house and randomly start meeting each other. And but they also have their children um, sort of spying on them <laughs> in a really <laughs> nice way um, and watching their various conversations. And, and all their children, uh, you know, want their parents to find happiness. And, and they're all sort of teenage to 20 kind of age group and they're so wonderfully they're conversation it's very heartening because anybody who downs youngsters needs to watch this and just see what fabulous emotional intelligence they have and the, there was this one scene where one of their fathers was 
responding to one of the women who was trying to let him down nicely, sort of saying, look, I think I'm kind of connecting more with one of the other guys here. I really like you. And this guy really liked her. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit sad for him. But he responded with such compassion, such empathy, so gently and beautifully. And he didn't get in any way defensive or arsy at all. I mean, it was just lovely. And one of the kids said, oh, I love the way your father's dealing with this. If we could take a clip of this and show it to boys in school to show them how to treat women in relationships. And I thought, ooh, that sent little shivers up my spine. And it and people, listeners, you might be thinking, what is Trisha blabbering on about? How's this got anything to do? It's totally to do with what you're talking about because it's can we take this one step further? Can we actually do that now? You know? No, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just, I just wanted to, yeah, sometimes things just get you, don't they? And yes, absolutely. So, yes, community. So that's the other thing. This is that that's a community that the kids are building their own community, which is also rather lovely to watch. And um, and you've just talked about this, you know, you are providing this community thing for these people and taking it you know people need to reach out not only for the emotional support the laughter the all of those things but also other people's skill bases you know because we're not actually we don't have to have them all ourselves um you know and 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 just that kind of um Making sure, I suppose, another thing of taking agency is making sure that you're ditching the more um, unhelpful or even toxic uh, people in your world and really opening up the door to making the, the good connections. It's true. No, absolutely. And, and that certainly, you know, is, is quite central, as you say, to what we're doing at Global Health Film, because, you know, it's terribly lofty ambition, but we, we are wanting to create a community of change makers, I guess. Um, and that's partly because, you know, life can be pretty lonely, whether, um, and particularly lonely, sometimes in a crowd, but also because life generally is easier um when there's strength in numbers and we all have our own individual contribution to make to a bigger picture and that for me is the community it's a recognition for me community is a recognition of our of our individual contribution to a to a greater whole um i think there's nothing worse than being in a in a in a in a in a grouping or any kind of relationship where um uh you when you want when what you want is space to think out loud and what the others want is to solve your problem for you think i'm not asking for your help i'm asking for you to give me the space for me to come to my own conclusion sometimes we just need space and respect we don't, I mean, I think it's also a very human thing to sort of want to rush in and fix. But when we haven't been asked to, it's off, It's the most unhelpful thing to do because that really stifles a sense of community. So I think community is about accepting that we're not necessarily there to fix other people's problems. We're there to fix a greater problem together. 
like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And and it, and it is so much more um healthy generally to be spending time I, I i call it out of your head um you know not off your head necessarily um that's a different thing but yeah. um out, out of your head you know and and by working on something together and yeah. by taking practical actions and by the doing part of all of this that's exactly what happens yeah. exactly Exactly. And I think, you know, perspective, other other people's perspectives is enormously valuable. And I will say, you know, be the first to admit that my best ideas have come from other people. Um, and so it, it's not about wanting to reject um, uh, other people's contributions, but I think it's it's terribly important that that um, that a community is a place that allows us to be and to thrive and to flourish um, with acceptance. I like that. Oh, and we we're both a member of um, yes. well, there's, there's, that's, indeed. Oh, yes, it's, it's, I will give another shout out to you of the media and Mark Masters Likewise. because yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's unique to me. In yeah, not unique, obviously, but it is very special because that's exactly what happens. There's never a sense of lecturing or having to be like other people or keep up any kind of front or anything it's it's people are vulnerable people are people laugh people laugh at themselves it's just which is also very important by the way everybody um so yeah i i knew i'd struggle keeping this conversation down to any kind of time limit but i'm going to be very self-disciplined because you can always come back again and that's that's the delight of meeting people like you there are so many layers that we could um go into i mean yes so what i'm going to do is i'm going to wrap it up by asking you on this topic of kind of making things happen and the doing the or the community or the sense of it, whatever we've just talked about all sorts of things. Give me, give the listeners some kind of, I hate to use this expression, but I can't think of a better one. Practical tip. Yep. And and a myth buster. Yes. Okay, of of course. So I when I was thinking about this um earlier today. I um, was thinking around a sort of practical tip and a myth buster in relation to the to the, the squashing and unsquashing. Would it be okay to, to focus on those? And is it okay if I flip them around and start with the, the myth buster and then move to the practical tip? Um, so I think the myth for me that, um, uh, and this is something I've been thinking about for a few years, I think the myth of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is really, really dangerous because I think at what price and I think there are kinder ways to build strength and vision than dedicating our time um, to you know toxic environments um, that are not aligned with our values and I think sort of closely related to that is certainly in my own personal experience um, sometimes I think the, the critical question in in inside that is choosing do we want to be right or do we want to be happy and I have made the mistake in the past of choosing wanting to be right rather than to being happy and that um uh uh that got me into all sorts of sticky sticky situations and I think now I think with you know with the passing of time and a bit of wisdom I think I now um you know don't want to put myself in the situation where um what doesn't kill me is going to make me stronger. Um, but actually choosing 
being happy over being right. And that now when faced with adversity, I know, I know to, as I mentioned earlier, you know, to down tools, concede defeat, change tack, move on um, slowly and with in intent and purpose. So I think that's that's my myth buster. And my practical tip is sort of closely aligned with this. And, um, you know, we have one short life. We are but a moat of dust um, in this universe. And of course, we want to achieve our potential, take risks, um, you know, make sacrifices. And all of that can be very, very fulfilling and 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 very rewarding. But again, at what cost if we don't prioritise our, our self-care and our well-being and our happiness first? And I um, I read something, I read a quote in a book last year that really resonated with me, really, 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 um, uh, it really reframed my life, actually, in, in, in some ways. And, and I return to it often. And the quote was, was something like this. When you cry alone in a dark room, keep crying, do it, feel all of your emotions, let it be. After you finish crying, stand up, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what would someone who loves themselves do now? Ah. Oh, do you know where that quote came from? Yes, it was a lady called Valentina White um, and I read it in a book of case studies about business success. Wow, that's powerful. And that's that quote is what guides me every time. That's my reminder. That's the one thing I now ask myself when I'm, you know, never feeling, you know, like this is all a bit too hard and I'm going to give it all up and run a sweet shop. And I just think, what would somebody who loves themselves do now? Oh, then I, find my, then I find my answers. Um. Uh, yes. I'm. I'm. Uh, yes. Uh, whoa, listeners, look me, slightly speechless. That's quite unusual. <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, I'm going to take a deep breath and ask you just to um let listeners know where the best place is to get connected to you. Thank you. Thank you again, Tricia, for having me on your podcast it's a lovely podcast I've been listening to it all all week actually um going right back because you're at episode 145 now I think so um I've just uh, started again at the beginning so it's been wonderful so thank you for the, the the privilege of of joining you um you people can easily find me um or Global Health Film on LinkedIn so it's LinkedIn Jerry hyphen McHugh or LinkedIn uh Global Health Film. Uh, Global Health Film is also on Instagram and on Facebook. Those are the best places to find us. We have, um, and our website is um, globalhealthfilm.org, um, relatively easy to find. So those are the best places to, to find me and to find um, uh, amazing films to change the world. I love it. I will put all that detail in the show notes. And um, yeah, I'm sure you'll come back one day because uh, there is so much more we could dig into. But thank you so much, Jerry. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If this unsquashing thing is fascinating you, then go check out my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self. 
and my TEDx talk, Beware the Self-Squashing Prophecy. You'll find links on my website, which is trishalewis.com, T-R-I-S-H-A-L-E-W-I-S.com. And if you just keep subscribed to this podcast, you will learn more and more. So share it, spread the word, and join me on the next episode. <music>